Welcome to the very first episode of Whiteboard Weekly. Those of you that are tuning in, you probably already know Carl. He's the owner, founder, creator, all of those words to describe. He came up with something really, really amazing in Whiteboard Daily. So Carl, welcome to your show. Uh, Jason, it's an honor to be here. I'm very excited to kind of take Whiteboard Daily to the next level. Uh, my the uh, The whole reason why I created it in the first place was to provide quality coaching content. And, uh, you know, so as you know, I started posting some daily pictures on Instagram um, and it's just grown and it's been a f just phenomenal uh, for me to have this outlet to share the content that I learned from other people. And uh, for us to be able to take it to a different platform where it's not just pictures, but we actually go a little bit deeper into the posts. I really hope that people, uh, enjoy it. I hope it brings more value to people. I, I think it, it's without a doubt, it's going to bring more value. You've got Carl, who's a CrossFit level two, again, founder of Whiteboard Daily. You have an MS in kinesiology. And for those that don't know who I am, I'm Jason Ackerman. I'm a CrossFit level four coach. I've been involved in the CrossFit game basically forever since 2006. <laughs> I've opened three affiliates. I've also sold three affiliates and did lots of little things along the way, and I'm currently a part of the CrossFit seminar staff. So I think together we can really talk about all of these cues, all of these topics, and, and dive into my favorite thing is really the nuance of it all. And I think that's why you do so well on Whiteboard Daily. Your one little cue, you know, is enough to have a tremendous conversation. Yeah, I think uh, the main reason why. I hope that this is going to be a success. I'm pretty sure it will be. I think it's because uh, we both have a passion for uh, not just coaching other people, but also coaching coaches and help them become better coaches. Uh, and what I try to do with every single post is keep it as simple as I possibly can. And I feel like that's what coaching cues should do. Um, there's a, I've heard Ben Bergeron say that you should give, give cues like a GPS. And by that, when you listen to your GPS, when you're driving down the road, it doesn't say, it doesn't say, don't turn left here and don't uh, turn around whenever you get to this point or it gives like complex um, descriptions of what you should do. It does not do that. And cues are turn right now or turn left now, or it's very specific and cues. They do the same thing. They've got to be short, actionable and relatable. They've got to uh, resonate with the person uh, that you are giving the cue to. And that's why you need to have so many different cues in your coaching toolbox is because so many people are different and they learn different ways and you need to be prepared for anybody. It makes you a better coach when you can expand the uh, demographic of who you can relate to. So yeah, let's, let's uh, dig right in. Yeah. That, that idea of short, specific and actionable is, is key. If you're listening and I'm assuming most of our listeners will be CrossFit coaches and box owners and, and maybe members as well, because I would hope that if you're an athlete and you're just listening to this, we're going to talk about a cue and, you might be able to put it into action later in the day. But like you said, the goal is to expand that arsenal. When I first started coaching, it was, you know, a handful of pretty bad cues. And over the years, you just kind of add more tools, just like a carpenter would add another hammer or another plier or another wrench. You're just adding more tools. And, and I would tell you guys, if you're listening, try to put them into use right away. You know, there's some age old expression where it's like, if you, if you put it into use, right away, you're, you're more likely to understand it, you're more likely to teach it to somebody. So 
you know, if we're going over a movement today, we're going to touch on the deadlift and a cue related to the deadlift. If you're deadlifting at the box today or tomorrow, try to try to throw this in there. So for those of you listening, if you go to whiteboard underscore daily, you probably already subscribe or follow, I should say, whiteboard daily if you're listening to this podcast. But, but go over to whiteboard underscore daily and scroll down to August 13th. So August 13th, you'll see the cue of hamburger. So before we even start to discuss the cue, tell me a little bit, Carl, about where this came from and, and why you thought it was a good cue to put down on the whiteboard. Yeah, uh, this cue, and I always love giving credit where credit's due. I, you know, Whiteboard Daily has always been about where I dig up stuff because I like to share. I like to share the exposure. I like to say, "Hey, listen, I learned this from somebody else. Hopefully, it helps you." Uh, I learned this from Nuno Costa, uh, who was one of the uh, the coaches at my level two when I earned my level two, and we were going through. Uh, describing how to do different movements and he said and he mentioned uh, you need to make a hamburger when you are setting up for your deadlift and then he mentioned you know a hamburger a typical hamburger a boring hamburger I guess has three layers you got the bun on top and the bun on, on the bottom um, but then you also have the uh, the beef or whatever is in the, you can also say have you ever had a beyond burger by the way I, I have or an impossible oh burger I guess yeah yeah whether it's the beef or whatever the veg, veggie substitute it's right. in the middle yeah. right I just want to. I just want to make this relatable to everybody, right? Yeah, just like you know, we have a big vegan following. Yeah, right. So, so any, <laughs> anyway, you got three layers to your burger, and each layer is um, is relatable to where you want your knees, hips, and shoulders. And so you always want to have your hips above your knees, and you always want to have your shoulders above your hips. If you got one of those out of alignment, then you're not going to be pulling or I guess pushing away from the floor as efficiently. Uh, now, many people will say, well, my femurs are super long or my torso is super long or uh, you know, my lower legs are, are super short or whatever. And so that affects, this doesn't apply to me. Well, the cool thing about this, and you know, I feel like I can speak upon experience being six, seven, and uh, I've, I've got some long legs uh, and I guess a long torso. I don't know, I'm, I'm a tall dude. Um, it, it still applies. Uh, you, regardless of the anthropometrics that you experience, your limb length, your torso length, you always still want this setup. It still may deviate slightly, but no, regardless, you still want to have your hips above your knees and you still want to have your shoulders above your hips. You still want the three layers of the hamburger. Yeah. And I want to talk a lot more about this. And, and before we do, let's give another shout out. Nunu Costa, for those yeah. that don't know who he is, He's a flow master on the CrossFit seminar staff, a, a good friend of mine. He adopted a, actually he didn't adopt. He had a, he had a baby girl via IVF uh, about six months ago, Maria. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's had, he's a very amazing human being. He's been a part of the CrossFit Invictus yeah. games team and, and one. So these cues are, are typically coming from some of the best in the world. And the, the reason I know this cue is so good is because it's really stood the test of time. Sure. So whether you're calling it the hamburger, this is also something Coach Glassman has a video about. I don't know how you can find Coach Glassman videos these days. I'm sure they're still on the <laughs> internet. I'm, I don't think all Coach Glassman videos have been taken down. But you know, the, dark, he, the dark web. <laughs> he, he has a video talking about a play button. And it's a very uh, similar yeah. analogy, right? And Except yeah. 
you know, millennials don't know what a play button is anymore. So I, I'm always like, you have to understand there was a triangle on the VCR back in the day. Um, but it's, it's the same premise as this hamburger. And then I used to coach with someone named Coach Mark Ripitel. For those of you yeah. listening, you know, he's an old school guy. I traveled the country. It was the, probably the craziest year of my life, if I were being you know, honest about it. Because yeah. Rip doesn't sleep and he drinks a whole lot of whiskey. <laughs> and, you know, I, I like my sleep and I don't like to drink a lot of whiskey. But for that year, I did. And he would always preach this. And something you're saying, Carl, you're 6'7". I'm 5'3". And I love this cue because it eliminates all of that. Well, I'm tall. I'm short. No, it's non-negotiable. You know, shoulders above your hips, hips above your knees, and your shoulders should be above the bar. So for this analogy, now talk to me about this though. You're you're at your level two. Nunu says, hey, you got to be a hamburger. Does, Does Carl's brain immediately go to, I'm drawing that? Uh, 100%. As I've developed Whiteboard Daily, I I want people to understand this too. There, gosh, there's so much out there that we don't, that we just take for granted in terms of, it might be jargon, it might be puns, it might be uh, coaching cues, slang, whatever. There's so much that we experience as coaches that we don't realize uh, is actually a special nugget that we can share with other people. And so whenever I'm reading uh, whether it's the CrossFit Journal or Google Scholar articles or, um, you know, just articles on different websites. I'm always looking for uh, something that can be made into a picture. Uh, for me, it's very relatable that way. Uh, I'm a very visual person. I know there are other visual per- people out there, whether they're coaches or athletes. And so if you can take something as complex as especially Olympic weightlifting and all of the joints that are moving and so quickly, if you can take something and break it down to a simple stick figure uh it makes it uh, easier to understand for people so i'm always looking for ways to visualize something especially when it can be drawn up on a stick figure and and especially like one word cues are like the best i want to minimize the amount of words i use for a cue Um, i want people to think hamburger and and go straight into it rather than thinking, okay, here I go for my setup. I need to have my knees here, my shoulders here. And no, I just think hamburger, get into it. So um, absolutely. As soon as I heard that cue, uh, it, it, I, I went straight to actually I sketched it out on my, on my training manual that I had in front of me. So uh, that was the, that was the, uh, the origin of this entire picture that you see in front of you. One day those sketches are going to be like, you know, people pay thousands of dollars to buy, the original lyrics to Beatles songs, you know, where John or Paul wrote them down on a napkin. I can only imagine what this original sketch of the hamburger drawing is going to fetch one day. You might, you might be a little bit uh, less impressed. It might not be that much. I don't know. Hey, Um, one of, one of the cues I remember to this day, Carl, came from Tony Budding. For those that don't know who Tony Budding is, he was the old media director. And I was at my level two in 2008. And he said, you can only care a little more about your athletes than they care about themselves. Maybe yeah. that's the, maybe that's where we're at right now, Carl. I care a little bit more. I believe in you just a little bit more, <laughs> you know, cause he, and he, and he went on to say, you know, because if you care too much, you're going to be upset and you're going to stress yeah. your athletes out. And if you don't care enough, you shouldn't be a coach. So, yeah. so for those listening, you have to kind of be a little bit ahead of your athletes, but if you're too, you can't be too, too extreme in either direction. 
So See, okay, as, real quick, as soon as you say that, this is where my mind goes. I'm like, how can I visually represent that? And I'm thinking of like a bar graph. Oh, so we're, we're on to the next drawing, is that what we, we're We might already be on the, so in a bar graph, you see like amount of, amount of, uh, of care someone has for their own, their own self. And then right next to it, you see the bar going a little bit higher and that's the amount of care that a coach has for their athlete. And uh, just to have people understand that this is, you know, that, that's where they are and this is where you need to be. Uh, and a visual representation, I would hope, help, helps communicate that a little bit better. That's a great one. I like that. I like that. I think we can expand on that and maybe, Hey, we're, maybe we're coming up with the next one, but you can have some dotted lines showing the difference in that space of what an athlete cares about, how much they care and how, and how much you care. And, and you could, yeah. I think, exchange the word care for believe, right? I think, yeah. Yeah. you know, and um, I, I think that's great. And that's, that's who you are. You're just, you're just so creative that your mind immediately goes there. <laughs> but I think, I think that's great. If we, if we come up with a new, a new drawing every episode that's fantastic but yeah, it was it was works. you know and i think that's the really the point of a good cue right this was 12 years ago more than 12 years ago i heard that i yeah. remember who said it i remember exactly where i was and it resonated with me mm -hmm. and and i think that's really what cue should be that's not going to happen for every cue mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean it's good or bad you could you can hear the world's best cue and and really that's why you can have a, a daily post because okay. there's an infinite number of cues and you have to be as a coach so good that you recognize that cue worked or it didn't within one rep often and if it mm -hmm. didn't figure out okay what's the next direction do i say it again do i have to give them a different cue do i have to give them a different style of cue yeah. is it that was verbal do i go visual do i go tactile mm -hmm. and and that's why you know coaches there's there's so much room to develop Mm -hmm. It goes back to something else that I've learned throughout my career is every single time someone moves, there's three options from where they can go there. Is it, was it, was it, was it the same? Was it better or was it worse? And it, if it's the same, then, Hey, that's good. Keep on doing what you're doing, but more likely than not, it's going to be better or worse. And if it is, that's the case, they're regardless of it's same, better or worse, regardless of the outcome, they need your athlete needs to know. Okay. You can't, and, and you need to follow through. If it, if it was worse and you say that and you need to say that, then you need to tell them why it was worse. You can't just say, uh, no, or you can just say, we'll work on that later on, or you're, we'll, you know, we'll get better later on. No, it, it, there needs to be some kind of action that takes place then and there before you move on to your next athlete. Yeah, the the old we'll work on that after class is not acceptable. Right. I mean, there's a time and a place for that. I always tell people, yeah. hey, when someone's working out under intensity, yeah, they may not make the corrections you're expecting to. And then that's where you say, hey, Carl, I was. this is what I was trying to work on. Let's do it while you're not out of breath, while your yeah. heart rate's not skyrocketed. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I grew up wrestling. I still compete in wrestling. And that was always something important to me, like, my coach knew when to be yelling something and he knew when to grab me off the mat and be yeah. like, go work on this. Yeah. And, th and there's a time and a place for it, but, but I want to piggyback so, off what. Okay. Man, real quick, before you go on, let me just interrupt. You said that there's a time and a place and you're absolutely right. And I, I wanted to address this earlier, but there's always a time and a place to introduce a new cue. I want to talk about this right now too. Here's the deal. This is what I'm saying. Um, if you are working with an athlete 
and you're in the warmups and say they even have a PVC pipe or they've got lightweight on the bar. That's your prime time to introduce a new cue. Okay. Because it, they've got a manageable load um, and they can still make slight adjustments, those minor adjustments that they need to move more efficient. Okay. Now say you, in a, in a, you're building up to one rep max and uh, Sharon is got, you know, she's got some heavy, heavy weight on the bar. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, wait, wait. I want you to imagine that you're smashing the bug or something like that. You're in something that she's never heard before, some brand new cue. Well, now you got Sharon who's probably at like 99% of her one rep max. And, and she's a novice athlete. And now you've introduced this brand new concept to her. And even if it might make sense, but it might not make sense. She hasn't had the time to kind of mentally comprehend what's going on. You're, you're kind of setting her up to be in a kind of a dangerous position um, because she, she needs to have the time to like work through a few reps with this new concept, this new cue. So what I'm trying to say here is if an athlete is operating in a heavy percentage of their one rep max, that's not the time to introduce something new. You, they need to stick with whatever they already know uh, and, and, and make changes uh, based on that. But I, I was, I digress a little bit. Warm ups, lightweight, introduce the new cues. That's when you have your classroom session, big time. I, I think you're spot on, Carl. It's important to say, you know, and going back to my time with Rip, he, the first lecture that he would run at his um, starting strength seminar or his, he was the, for those that don't know who Coach Ripito is, certainly go Google him, check out yeah. Starting Strength. It's a phenomenal program. Yeah. But he, he was the subject matter expert for powerlifting and CrossFit. And, yep. and the first lecture he gave every weekend on Saturday morning was about cueing. And, and ultimately, the lesson from that lecture was a cue should remind the athlete of something they already know. Yes. And, and, that's, and that's really what you're saying. Because if someone's loading up for their one rep max, and you just scream hamburger, yeah. and they're like, what? That doesn't make sense. That cue of hamburger reminds them, okay, are my hips above my knees? Are my shoulders? But you don't want to teach them a lesson in that moment. Imagine now you're doing a workout like Diane with 21 deadlifts, and in between every rep, you're like, hey, shoulders above the bar, shoulders above your hips, yeah. hips above the knee, yeah. ready, go. Your athletes are going to be stressed out, and they're going to be yeah. like, dude, let me go. Let me do this workout. So a good Absolutely. cue going back to that short, specific, and actionable, it reminds them, you've got that degree in kinesiology. You know when you say hamburger, the levers, and what you're trying to, to improve in your athlete. They just need to know, okay, that reminds me to lift my butt. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at, you know, I would, I would throw this out there as one more thing before we dive into hamburger is, if you're a coach, you said this really well, Carl, and, and I call them empty reps. If you're watching, especially whether it's one-on-one -on -one or a group setting, there should be feedback every rep. At level twos, it's probably the, the feedback I give the most often when, when coaches start coaching each other. It's like, okay, you just watched 10 reps. You said zero words. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, like you said, with every rep of the deadlift, it's either going to be better, it's going to be worse, or it's going to be the same. If it's better, cool. That's either your opportunity for praise yeah. Or it's your opportunity to find the next fix. If it's worse, maybe you have to decide, do I give that same cue again? Or do I go to a different cue? And if it's the same, you can, you can try multi a multiple of things. But the point is, 
you, you need to be giving feedback every single rep. And, yeah. and that is something if you're listening to this podcast, you can take from this moment forward. You're watching a class, you see a rep. It's like, it's like they say with TSA, right? If you see something, say something. Yeah. I, going along the same lines too, uh, and Nuno, he also taught this to me. Uh, he said, don't be the good guy. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, you said good like 20 times during that last little session. Like, and I'm, you know, someone's doing the air squad. I'm like, okay, do this. Good. Okay, good. Yeah, looking good. Good. And I'm like, he's like, it's, it's like filler. It's a, it's, you might as well just be saying, um, or just some, you're saying the same thing over and over again. That's, that's no feedback that doesn't provide people, even if you're saying good, uh, it doesn't really mean much to them because you're always saying it. So don't be the good guy. You need to provide some sort of, uh, fruitful, <laughs> um, feedback to them. So anyway, yes, absolutely. I think, you know, I think throughout these episodes, we're going to dive into many topics yeah. and many rabbit holes. And I think we're going to repeat them. And I think that's okay because many of the things we're saying right now are worth repeating, but we all have those filler words. And the truth is, I think if you're coaching, you typically care about other people. That's why you hear Carl's not saying good because he's a mean person. He's saying good because he wants to give you something positive, but yeah. you know, the, the other detriment to using that word good is oftentimes what I'll tell people is, was it good? And yeah. they're like, well, not really. I'm like, well, yeah. if your kids, you know, you've got kids, if you said, go clean your room and she did a terrible job and you were like, good, she'd be like, cool. That's the standard for good that's, now. That's the standard. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So if, it, it's not that you can never say good, but it's that if you're going to say good, give them again, that follow up and, and make sure it, it's constant. I mean, if you're listening to this and you own a box, you know the struggles, you know the challenges of box owners. Like, hey, we can go to any gym now for $9.99, $19.99 and use functional equipment, right? Every global gym out there has bumper plates, has kettlebells. What separates those gyms from your affiliate is the coaching. Yeah. And if, if all you're going to say is good, well... I can, I can record myself saying good and go hit that over at, you know, 24 hour fitness if I want to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, it's, it's really, again, all of these little things, but let's, let's take that dive now. So yeah. we're, yep. we're on the topic of ham, hamburger and, and going through your, what would you call this? The copy, what you've written out? Uh, the caption. Yeah, sure. The caption. Sure. So mm -hmm. it's when, when you're setting up for the deadlift, how? Yeah. On a deadlift, the hips should be sandwiched between the knees and shoulders, meaning that they are lower than the shoulders and higher than the knees if you are looking from a profile position. And that's a quote from Nunu. And I think was, this is that, great. Yeah. That, that was straight up. That was out of his words, out of his mouth at the level two. So, yeah. Did you tell him you're going to quote him on this? I, yeah, I did actually, 100%. Or, or you know what I did? Maybe I think actually I followed up with him after we had the class and I said, hey, can you elaborate on this a little bit? Um, but yeah, that's exactly, I pulled it straight from him, um, from his words. Have you, have you ever gotten a cue from a, a respected coach or a coach that said something and you want to use it and they told you not to? No, but I've been very, um, and I think that's why I always provide credit because I never want people to feel like I'm coming across as, as a stealing credit where it should be. I, I was very hesitant when I first started off, when, you know, like I, to me, when the arms bend, the power ends, that's a Coach Bergner cue. And I'm sure, 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 sure that many other coaches have said it. But for me, I'm like, man, that, 
that's like intellectual property of Coach Bergner. I don't want people, I don't, especially him, to think that I'm trying to play it off as if I came up with that. So <laughs> that's like every quote you can find in an attribution to Mark Twain. Yeah. You right. know, it's like, it's like everybody's just like, who said it? Oh, Mark Twain or Thomas Roosevelt. But you, any good coach, and we say this all the time on your level one staff, it's beg, borrow, and steal from somebody. Yeah. And, and I'm sure if you really, you know, ask Nunu, he'd be like, oh, I, I heard this from so-and-so, and that person heard it from so-and-so. Yeah. I think it was a Pat Sherwood that said, you know, I attribute it the first time, and after that, it's mine. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something he would say. And I, I've, he's a genius, too. I love his stuff. Um, but, but I think but it's anyway. important that you're quoting where you heard it and, you know, all these these cues, and, you know, they go back probably to, I don't know, Russian weightlifting, probably <laughs> in the Olympics at some point. Yeah. Well, it builds community, right? It, 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 you're, you're including other people in the conversation. And that's the one thing I think people don't understand with social media is that they don't make it social. Like let's have a conversation, right? Like this is where I learned it. Uh, and I, I want to include them as a reference if we're going to move forward on this conversation. So that's been a big part of the ethos of whiteboard daily is keeping things social and keep, it's not about whiteboard daily's knowledge. It's about the collective knowledge that, I learn from somebody else that I can share with other people. And I would hope that other coaches do the same. And maybe even similar to what Sherwood said about like, I'll attribute it the first time, but after that, it's mine. So, yeah. Well, I will say, even when I've, you know, I'm at a level two and I'm coaching someone and I, I use a cue, then they'll follow up and be like, you know, Jason told me this. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, yeah. just take it, you know, because I didn't, especially because it's something I didn't come up with. Yeah. And, and it, I think it's okay to do once in a while. I'm not saying steal everything and never, right. never gives credit out there. But if you're always saying, you know, Carl said this and Jason said that, then I feel like it almost devalues who you are as a coach. This mm -hmm. is obviously social media is a, is a completely different beast. You need to do that or you're going to get your head ripped off. But when yeah. you, if you take this cue coaching and you use the word hamburger today, give Carl a shout out <laughs> and then just starts and then just start screaming hamburger. Yeah, so exactly. Please. When you press Nunu new new on mm -hmm. Y, he right. says a good, a good rule of thumb is to make sure that the hips are higher than the knees, which sets athletes up to lift heavier loads by providing the most musculature for the demands of the lift. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very short and sweet there. It just it, it, Biomechanics are always going to play a part. That, that's another thing, too, that I, uh, I've talked about with Coach Bergner before. Like, everyone is different. Everyone has different limbs. Everyone has different torsos. Everyone has different muscles. Everyone has a different background. But regardless of who you are and where you come from, regardless of what you look like, everyone has to obey the demands of physics. Regardless, uh, they have to do obey the demands of biomechanics. Regardless, you need to keep whatever weight uh, that you're lifting at the shortest, shortest moment arm possible. Keep it as close to your body as possible, and that's going to make for a more efficient lift and your back is going to thank you. So um, everyone's different, but man, regardless of who you are, we all have to obey the demands of physics and put ourselves in the best position possible to lift, lift the load. So every, every weekend at the level one, we, you know, we, the, the first lecture of day two is the, is the deadlift, sumo deadlift, hypo, medicine ball clean lecture. And then we go to a breakout group where we review those movements with the participants. This is the first thing I do in my deadlift group. I've done, I've been a part of the seminar staff for nearly 10 years. I've been at over 200 seminars. To this day, 
this is the first thing I do. Cause I'll say this, you know, however I get them into their stance, you know, you can get them to jump up and down a couple of times, yeah. wipe mm -hmm. their feet, whatever your yep. favorite cue is for that. Bring the bar to mid shin, show me where your deadlift would be. And mm -hmm. right away I'm just eyeballing and I'm really, I'm looking, I don't refer to it as the hamburger in my head, but I know what I'm looking for. It's shoulders, mm -hmm. hips, knees. Yep. And I'll see the people that have their butt too low and I'll see the people that have their butt too high. Mm -hmm. And I can go around and, and the, the learning opportunity that I like to take is the person that has their butt too low. And I usually say to them, you know, Hey, you know, Susie, you're feeling this a lot in your quads. Right. And they're always like, I'm, it's like a magician, right? They're like, how'd you know, how <laughs> yeah. do you know me? Like, do you, yeah. you know, did you, did you ask my husband? Did you, you, who, you know, who are you talking yeah. to? I'm like, no, I've seen enough body positions. And I'm like, watch, I need you to feel this more in your hamstrings. Yep. Yep. Push and then, back. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I, I use typically, I always say, as I'm teaching this, there's, there's, there's three body parts I can ask the person to move right now. So imagine if you're listening, someone's set up for their deadlift, their butt's very low. So we already know, hey, when I say stand, chances are the bar's gonna travel around your knees because your butt's too low. And, and you can see it right in Carl's stick figure, um, yeah. the one on the bottom left, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the knees are way out in front. So there, there's really three body parts that can change. And I'll give the, Let's give the listeners an opportunity to think about it. If your butt's too low, there's three body parts that can move. So think about what those are. About to mm -hmm. give you the answer. Mm -hmm. So they can either, like Carl said, push their knees back, which is going to naturally raise your butt, push your shoulders forward. You can tell them to push their shoulders over the bar, which will now in turn take their knees back or lift their butt a little higher. My favorite, though, is lift your butt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I suppose the way you would say it, Carl, and correct me if I'm wrong, is you're kind of telling them to make their butt the meat or the impossible burger if yeah. you're a vegan. So mm -hmm. that's what you're trying to accomplish. Now, for me, and, and what are your thoughts? I find people understand where their butt is in space a little bit easier and a little bit faster than they do their shoulders or knees. What's your opinion? I, I have to agree with that completely uh, just because it's the center of their body. Um, and so much, I mean, if we're talking about power generation, uh, we're talking about uh, violent hip extension. Uh, we're just talking about hip extension in general and hi the hips are the, they're the, the pinnacle of all movement really. That's where, and so if you want to, I feel like it's just as important uh, as the feet when we're talking about, um, moving because you know you're you're generating power against the ground normally, and that power is going through your feet. So your stance is just obviously very important, but it, everything's coming from the hips. Um, so yeah, absolutely, I would agree with you. And by the way, the listeners can buy a violent hip extension T-shirt <laughs> over at Whiteboard Daily, right, Carl? That was an indirect plug. Yeah, I didn't mean to. Yeah, but yes, yeah. Hey, you deserve it. I love that shirt, by the way. I just had to make a shirt of it. So, so, and, and, you know, it, it's funny because you, you'll get people and they'll be like, oh my goodness, I feel my hamstrings. And it's mm -hmm. like, to me, you know, and this could be another, another uh, drawing for you, but it reminds me of a ratchet because what they'll do is if someone has their butt set up low, they'll give me an inch. And I'll be like, do you feel that a little more in your hamstrings? Yeah. I'll be like, can you give me a little more? And it's like, now we're ratcheting that butt up a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. we get that to the perfect point, your hamstrings feel like they're going to explode. Yeah. And, and that's really your hamstring saying, I'm ready to lift this barbell yeah. off the ground. And, yeah. you know, another thing we, we really preach at the level one is that 
PCE, posterior chain engagement. Yeah. That's what it should feel like. But there becomes yeah. a point with that ratchet where if I go crank it too high, now we're in that booty too high deadlift and the, and the meat is in the top bun area, where, not where it should be. So we yeah. have to find that perfect balance because the deadlift is a full body movement. And that's what we're trying to, you know, we talk about posterior chain, but with the deadlift, we're not shutting off anterior. We're not shutting off the front side of the body. You know, I like to refer to yeah. the front side of your body. The anterior side is your show muscles. The posterior yep. side is your go muscles, right? Absolutely. Yep. If you're listening and you competed in any sport, even if it was, you know, four touchdowns in one game in high school football, you're primarily using your go muscles of the back side of your body. When you look in the mirror, though, you want those front, you want those anterior muscles to be, to be shining. But that's yeah. really, and the reason I'm kind of diving into this is because this is a great cue that your athletes can start to self-correct. Yeah, uh, absolutely. As you're talking, right, I'm making notes because uh, the, the, go muscles, the go muscles, the go muscles, the go muscles. Uh, somebody mentioned that the last time I made a post about the posterior chain and uh, you know, that's, that's the primary mover. Um, and someone says, yeah, I've heard it as the show muscles and go muscles. And I'm definitely going to draw that one up and it might even be the topic of a future whiteboard weekly discussion um, because we could really dive into that. Um, but yeah, for me though, uh, I love, obviously I love hamburger, this cube, but for me, the one thing that clicked, I'm sure it probably helps other people is, uh, is pushing the earth away. Uh, or referring to the deadlift as an earth press, um, that that mental cue of pushing through the ground, pushing through your feet down rather than lifting the bar up, uh, rather than a pole, uh, for me, man, it just clicked. And then all of a sudden, I was like, wait a second, I feel so much stronger now. Uh, hamburger is a great cue for a setup, but if we're talking about the movement thereafter, uh, you've got to think about pushing the earth away and um, being the earth press. I, for me, that just clicked so well. Um, I, I wish I learned about it a long, uh, a long time. You know, if I knew then what I know now, I wish I had that cue back when I first started, I probably would have saved my back. You know, so much. I more. feel like there could be, um, a, a Carl Eagleman quote, you know, Carl Eagleman doesn't deadlift. He pushes the earth away. <laughs> like Chuck, like Norris <laughs> Chuck Norris style, you know, yeah. but, but, and one thing I love with this specific cue of the hamburger is as I'm teaching it, I start to see the light bulb moments. You know, I start and, and, you know, I, I, we're, we're quoting a lot of people during this, but I think it just goes mm. to show the evolution of coaching and how we've developed, but it was John Gilson. I don't know if yeah. you know, you know, of again, course. faster fame and yeah, a long time part of seminar staff, a very, very Harvard educated dude. Mm -hmm. uh, he's the one, you know, he didn't create this, but I remember hearing from him where we have conscious competence, conscious incompetence, unconscious competence, and unconscious incompetence. And incompetence. Incompet I forget what we call that. I, I, I can find it and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes somewhere also. And we're going to have one of my goals, Carl, for this podcast is to have extensive notes. So for those listening, Definitely dive into the to the notes where we'll have links to, you know, other, Carl's other deadlift drawings as well as uh, all the people we've spoken about. But he was telling me this more so from a box owner perspective, like, hey, Jay, you need to know the things you're doing well so you can repeat them. But you also need to know the things you're not doing well. And yeah. 
this is kind of one of those cues where people start to feel it and and you see them like nothing makes me more excited than when an athlete's like i didn't do it that time mm-hmm. and i'm yeah. like how'd you know and they're like because i didn't feel it i'm like yeah. that's conscious incompetence yeah. yeah you know that you did it wrong and now you can fix it man i've that was a big lesson for me as i've grown through my <laughs> uh through my athletic career through my coaching career of just uh of just being an active human being is not only is the development uh, the physical development but there's also this mental development of personal awareness and i'm able to understand where my body is moving in space and time and i'm like whoa hips are too high and i think that's another reason why drawings stick figures is like so useful for people because it's a it's this visual representation that they can have in their mind and i do it when i'm training when i'm working out I like I'm always thinking about how my form matches up against the drawings that I'm putting out there um, and kind of going off the same line that we were talking about earlier about the the key factors when it comes to movement you talked about you know knees tips and shoulders whenever I'm drawing a stick figure I don't even draw the lines the first thing I start off with are points kind of like points on a map uh, and then I so I'll, I'll make a point of where the heel are and then I'll make a point where I want the knees to be. And then I'll make a point. These are just like dots with my whiteboard marker of where the hips should be and then the shoulders. And then I just connect the dots after that. It makes things, uh, I think people are like, well, how did you draw that? Well, I was like, I mean, you know this, like when you go to set up for, uh, to lift the barbell off the ground, um, your knees are going to be just slightly in front of the bar. Well, if you have a point of reference of where the bar is on the ground and you have the ground itself, well, you've got, a point of reference right there and you just kind of build everything out of that. Um, I think it's, it's one way that you can simplify movement when you kind of realize, Oh, it's just knees, hips and shoulders. Um, it, things start to make a lot more sense after that. Am I hearing, uh, a connect the dots whiteboard daily book? Is that what I'm hearing? Carl? <laughs> whiteboard daily, a book, uh, a children's, I never even thought about that. I, I, so many times I've thought about doing, how to draw videos. And I just don't know if people are gonna be interested in that. If they wanna see, if they want me to teach them how to draw, you, people usually are looking to me for um, education on the finished product, but not how to get to the finished product. And uh, I, who knows, man, I might start doing how to draw videos. I think now that we've got this podcast, Carl, the, the world is your oyster. We're gonna, there's gonna be a lot of opportunities coming. So. Yeah. When we, when, we, when we look at this hamburger, like we said, we're talking shoulders, hips, and knees. The shoulders should be above, slightly in front of the bar. And when you're setting up properly, you're really going to feel those hamstrings ratchet up. Is yep. there anything else you would add to this cue? Uh, yeah, there would be. Um, and this is another one, um, Kali. Uh, he was also at my level two, Stephen Haycock. That's <laughs> oh, I'm going to text him after this and let him know you called him Haycock. No. His name is Steve Haydock. Haydock. I call him Haycock. But, but I think Haycock is a better name for Steve. Considering <laughs> his personality. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's another amazing dude. He's a flow he master is. on the seminar staff. Yeah, yeah. For those of uh, you, he, in, in the past, he's the guy shadowing Dave Castro at the CrossFit Games because he is a badass Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. And he yes. and his wife own uh, 
not only an affiliate, but a jiu-jitsu studio in Missouri. So, yeah, yeah. Steve Haydock, look him up. But what did he tell you? He said to squeeze the oranges. Uh, I love this cue because you imagine that you have oranges in your armpits. And, and uh, actually, the cue was make juice. And the idea is that you have oranges in your armpits. And so many times people are going to retract the shoulder blades so they're almost like overextending through their back uh they're overarching um which isn't necessarily wrong but it's not efficient and his idea is that what you're doing is you're, you're it's more of like a squeeze through the armpit and what you do when you do that you help turn on that the rest of your posterior chain many people think of the posterior chain as the lower half everything from the glutes down but you're you're taking out the spinal erectors and you're taking out the lats and the traps and when you make juice, when you squeeze the oranges that are in your, the invisible oranges that are in your armpits, um, you kind of complete the posterior chain engagement. Um, that really made a lot of sense to me. Um, people are so quick to think, oh, this is, you know, the deadlift is a, is a butt and a hamstring uh, movement. But man, there's so much more to it. So yeah, that's, that's another cue that I would, I would say. And that's why if you do probably more a little higher rep, weight and you yeah. and you use that cue you're going to feel your lats because really what we're talking about is engaging those lats part of the posterior chain and again you know this this idea of making juice i don't think anyone's confused like oh I'm making juice no but it's reminding you of this stronger packed position that they would talk packed. about you know in the in the rkc the russian kettlebell cert calls it packed or you know as kelly Surrett would call it external rotation and it's mm -hmm. a it's a very similar position to that overhead squat where you want your armpits forward, except yeah. now our hands are below us. So we're squeezing that. I, I love it. Uh, some people will tell you to, you know, screw in a light bulb. Steve might tell you to make juice, but yeah, again, all cues looking to get you to that same point. And like you said, really the deadlift is trying to get as much musculature as possible. For most of us, the deadlift is going to be the, the lift that allows us to move the most potential weight. Mm -hmm. And the only way we do that is to maximize the musculature behind mm -hmm. it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And that uh, when we're talking about transferability, not just within the movements within CrossFit or in Olympic weightlifting and kettlebells, like you're lifting so many things off the ground uh, from a dead stop, but also in life, like you're picking up, uh, you know, as Glassman has referred to it, you're picking up a bag of Friskies, uh, your cat food, or, or you're picking up, uh, your kid or whatever anything you're picking up a pencil off the ground uh it's a deadlift so the transferability with deadlift so many other life um skills life necessities uh it's imperative and um so it's it's probably a good start for uh this entire podcast is to talk about the, the deadlift yeah coach glassman once referred to it as the healthy lift i think yeah. you know the mm -hmm. word deadlift is scary if i'm like hey mom i'm teaching you how to deadlift today she immediately I yep. can't do that. But if I was like, hey, mom, I'm teaching you this healthy lift. Yeah. Okay, that sounds very fun. Like, show me more. So, you know, unfortunately, the, the name is the name. But, but certainly, I think it's a great place to start. We talk about recruiting as much musculature as possible. And, and, and you talk about functionality. Like you said, the day you can't deadlift is the day you really you need to check yourself into that assisted living home. Because that was always the big gripe. Even when I was younger, before CrossFit, my grandmother was in her 80s and she was, you know, my grandfather had recently passed away and, you know, she, I was a trainer. She's like, I'm not allowed to pick stuff off off the ground anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, grandma, when you go grocery shopping, you put the groceries down. Who's picking those back up for you? Okay, that's mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not that you can't pick stuff up off the ground. It's that it has to be 
a manageable load and it has to be something you can handle. But the moment we can't pick up the bag of friskies, yeah, we have, we have a problem. And, and coach Glassman has, has said the deficiency defines the need. Yeah. And I think for those listening, you know, probably most of the people at your box are deadlifting, but for grandma or for your other friends and family that can't, the deficiency defines the need. And what that means is if they can't do it, they need to be working on it even more than, than we do. And at the same time, it's rehabilitative. I can't tell you, and, and maybe you've experienced it as well, Carl, how many people have started CrossFit with me telling me their back hurts, telling me their knees hurt. Three months later, I don't feel that pain anymore. I feel great. These yeah. movements, you know, we talk about it at the level one and what is CrossFit. These movements are, are, are natural. They're safe. They're rehabilitative. And for that reason, when you can't do these, if you can't deadlift, deadlifting is what's going to get you better. If you yeah. can't squat, you need to squat. Mm -hmm. And it's our responsibility as coaches to get those people to understand that, but also to do it in a way that's fun, but also safe. Yeah, absolutely. And you talk about, um, like, if you don't use it, you lose it. Uh, and I feel very strongly about that, especially when it comes to your knee joints, your back health, uh, anything really, if you, uh, if you're, if you think that deadlifts are the thing that are hurting you, um, well, uh, it might be because you have poor form or because you have too much weight, but really that's the solution to the problem is, is doing, um, doing a, an exercise that is directly going to, uh, to fix that, 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 uh, issue. So yeah, completely agree with you on that one. All right, Carl. You think we, we think we did a good job on this first episode, the hamburger? The thing is, yeah, the thing is, is that I feel like we could have gone into so many other different veins uh, of discussion. And I, it really makes me excited about future uh, discussions that we have with each other because I know that we're going to have some great, great stuff that I hope people find valuable and uh, they can apply to their own coaching. Yeah. And, and again, we could dive down many rabbit holes and, and get super nuanced with multiple cues. But the goal of this show, I believe, and it's going to evolve over time is to pick one drawing, to find one cue, really, really make that the, the primary focus for the show. But other cues obviously are going to come up along the way. And I would tell you listeners that if you're hearing Carl and I mention certain things week after week, it's probably because it's important and was probably a big part in our journey. So if we're redundant at times, I don't think that's a problem. I think that's an indication that, hey, you should be thinking about this as well because, you know, th th there's so much to learn when it comes to coaching. I've been doing it for my entire adulthood and I'm always learning. And I assume, Carl, you're the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I, just one last thing I, I want to say. I probably want to start ending most of our podcasts like this. I want to say something that Kalipa, Jason Kalipa, I learned from him. Uh, he said this before and it really resonated with me. I hope it does with other coaches out there. He says that uh, a high tide lifts all boats. And together, let's lift those tides together, or let's let's raise those tides. Uh, I feel like that's so important within our coaching community is to look out for other people. Uh, I hope that that's what this podcast does for others. That it, it it helps raise the tides. It helps other people um, gain more knowledge and become more valuable uh, to the athletes and the individuals that they're working with. I think you nailed it. And to wrap it up, if if you're listening to this show, we appreciate it. I would ask that you leave us a review wherever you're listening to it on. That's always beneficial 
to help us spread the word, share it with your coaches, share it with your friends, share it with your, your buddies at the box, and make sure you go check out whiteboard underscore daily. That's the whiteboard daily drawing feed on Instagram. We'll have a whiteboard weekly feed at some point, but yeah. more important than all of that would be give us feedback. You're probably going to slide into Carl's DMs for now, but any, any way that you can get in touch with Carl or myself, give us feedback. Are there pictures you want to see us talk about? Are there other cues you want to hear about? Anything that we can do? I think, Carl, I, I'm, I'm speaking on your behalf because I know it's true, but we do this because we love it. We do this because we're passionate about it. And, and we know that without you guys that listen and without your feedback, we can't evolve and we can't make this show as, as excellent as we want. I think this is a, I think for both of us, we're doing this because we want to really create something special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. It's been an honor just to sit down and talk with you. And I'm so excited about moving forward with other, other uh, podcast episodes. And again, I just want to hear the feedback from people. I want this to be a community thing. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for this time. And thank you so much for those who are listening.